Hi, this is Catherine Mary Stewart from The Last Starfighter, Night of the Comet, and Weekend at Bernie's. And you are listening to Retro Life for You. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show again this week. We have a very fun show for our Yeah, it's so much fun for me. I've been waiting on this one since we started the podcast. That's right. As you can see behind me here, uh, we're talking to Arnold this week, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're going to be doing just like we did at the beginning, well, practically our very first show, Travis, was a decade of Stallone, the 1980s. Yes. It's only it's only fair and only right that we do his counterpart from the 80s. In Arnold I would have boycotted our own show if we had not. I know point. you, uh, you know. Hey, you've been saying eventually if we don't do it, you're going to boycott. I can't be having my co-host boycotting our own show. <laughs> so, that being said, we have the decade of Schwarzenegger, the 1980s. But before we get started, I'm going to do something a little bit different this week and put out there for everybody. Our social media is up front, just like I normally do at the end of the show. Just to remind you that we can be found on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook at Retro Life for You. And we would love to have you guys following us there, keeping up with everything we got going on there. That way you can see the uh, promotion of the upcoming week's podcast we got coming out. You can uh, participate in some of our surveys and things that we went put out. Search for us everywhere. We never know where we're liable to show up. You never know where we'll be next. Get in the Google bar. Get in the Google bar. Never know where we'll be next. But we are going to start off. With Schwarzenegger's 1980s movies, we were just discussing this earlier. He uh-huh. does some stuff in the 70s, but we're not looking for uh-huh. his 70s work. We are looking for his 1980s. Yeah. Uh, that being said, first thing in 1980, he did was a made-for-TV movie about the Jane Mansfield oh, yeah. story. Now, as I mentioned, uh, originally it aired on CBS on October 29th, 1980. Mm-hmm. The Jane Mansfield story is... A biographical drama film directed by Dick Lowry, starring Lonnie Anderson as the as the actress Jane Mansfield herself, and Arnold Schwarzenegger plays her bodybuilder husband, Mickey Hargitay. Mickey Hargitay. Film was originally titled Jane Mansfield, a symbol of the fifties. I know, man. I keep wanting just so everybody picks up on this. I keep wanting to say Jane (laughs) James Mansfield. James. James. Tell them why. Tell them why. I think it's because of James' addiction. I don't know if that's what it is or not, but I mean, you know. Because I've been thinking the movie, he might have treated me like a rag doll. He might (laughs) have treated her like a rag doll a little bit, too, in the movie. I don't know. He could have. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's because I just can't get her name out right. But Jane Mansfield, a symbol of the 50s. The script itself is based on the book, Jane Mansfield and the American 50s. I used to work with this real cool Marcus dude. Saxon. I used to work with this real cool dude. Yeah. His name was Mansfield Golden. That was his real name. His last name was Golden. What a name. Uh, yeah, but his mama named him Mansfield after Jane Mansfield. He, so he was actually named after Jane Mansfield. I didn't that's, think about that while we were discussing this. Oh, but that's yeah, crazy. Sure, that's I just funny. happened to think about it. Well, the, the film itself, uh, I, I'm going to label this as schwarzenegger's version of rhinestone that i was 
This is I, I was so hard on Stallone for doing Rhinestone that this is Schwarzenegger's version of Rhinestone. From the well, good. That means at least you can't bump on twins too bad. I no, I love twins. I do too. I'm, I'm not gonna be hard on that movie at all. But I this movie I didn't watch it. I don't plan on watching it. it doesn't strike me as something I want to see. I imagine he did it because he fit the bill of the bodybuilding husband. And at the time, he was a, what, four or five-time bodybuilder, Mr. Olympia, something like that. Yeah, and him trying to break into acting, you know. Right that was, part, that was his dream to exactly. move on to that. So I, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not messed up with it. If that's the case, that's what they want to do. It was an early it was in strange. career. It it's was not like, look, it's not like he made Rocky and Rocky Two or something and, and Rambo and suddenly said, and hey, then I'm going to do Rhinestone. <laughs> True, you know, true. You know, you know what makes me wonder? Hey, hey, did Stallone trick Schwarzenegger into making this Mansfield story? Like Schwarzenegger tricked him into making there. Stop or My Mom Will Shoot? It, it could have started there. It could have started there. What it was could've... funny to me about this movie, and I watched some uh, some clips of it and a couple of the old trailers, mm-hmm. vintage trailers. Vintage. And, uh, what tripped me out about it was it seems to be that it's told from his point of view. It's like he's narrating it. Like Which is funny to me because you. you know because he's so great at English, especially back in the eighties. Right, <laughs> right. He was very easily understood. And uh, the film itself is listed in Golden Raspberry Award founder John Wilson's book, the official Razzie Movie Guide, as one of the one hundred most enjoyably bad movies ever made. I wonder where Rhinestone falls in there too. It's got to yeah. be in there somewhere. But got this it. one, this one here. This one here, though, is one of the top 100 for sure. So um, yeah, if, if, if Schwarzenegger did anything in his first you know, movie the 80s, it's being known for being a bad movie. Well, it's like I said before, too. I don't think I've seen Lonnie Anderson in anything good except for WKRP in Cincinnati, and she wasn't yeah. a good part of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't recall her in a lot of anything except television stuff. Yeah. Um, that being said, moving on along, moving right along. Uh, moving we right along, we 1982. have 1982. Travis. 1982. He was in Conan the Barbarian. There's the original movie poster. The Barbarian. Conan the this Barbarian. Is like, this movie is I, I like I legit live my life by some of the quotes out of this movie. Like this is my this is my joint. If y'all have watched any of our well, a couple of our uh podcasts in the past, y'all have heard me say that his dad tells him that, that there's nothing on this world in this world you can trust, not man not woman not beast and he holds up the sword and he thumps it he said this you can trust because still does what it does every time what a great movie oh my god just coming up like this movie and Beastmaster were always like tit for tat on my childhood favorite movies ever yeah um so it revolves around conan uh conan is a i keep wanting to say he's a c arthur doyle creation I don't, I'm not, I don't, don't quote me on that. I don't remember. I don't know why I keep wanting to say C. Arthur Doyle. But anyway, uh, Conan. The name Conan? Maybe. Uh, but anyway, the Conan stories have been around for a while. Um, so it's based on that character. And this movie shows you his childhood. Tulsa Doom comes in with his barrage of miscreants and basically kills uh, Conan's entire family. And uh, the Aquilonians, were they were they the Aquilonians? No, Sumerians. I'm sorry, Conan was a Sumerian. They killed the Sumerians, and uh, he watched his mom's he watched his mom get beheaded by the the axe, the sword that his dad thumped. Thulsa Doom picked it up and beheaded his mama right in front of him with it. 
So the whole movie is about him growing up. He gets sold off into slavery and this and that. And he's pushing the, the grist mill, the grinding wheel and all that. That's how he gets so big and buff. But the entire movie is about him kind of finding Thulsa Doom to exact his revenge. And it also is him finding himself and finding out what, you know, what the true riddle of steel is. And it's such a, man, the, the movies is as 80s cheese as you want it to be. But if you really pay attention and you really look at it and the things that go on, it's like so much philosophy going on inside of the story at the same time. Well, I, I did find something for you here. Uh, actually, it's on the little tidbits that I've had uh, saved for the movie. It oh, says yeah. here that Robert E. Howard's Conan the is so it's based based on Robert E. Robert Howard. E. Howard, not seek who's you're thinking, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Ten Thousand Leagues Below the Sea, and the Dagum Mystery Island. That's see, that's Sir C. Arthur. Does Sir Arthur Conan Doyle do the Sherlock Holmes books? Does he do them? I don't know. Yes. Okay, that's so. Who did the Ten Thousand Leagues Below the Sea? It wasn't C.S. Lewis. That was. Uh, I can't say that. Anyway, I, I don't remember. Yeah, look, the only literary people I really know are J.R. Tolkien, Stephen King, <laughs> Dean Koontz, and Anne McCaffrey, and Anne Rice. That's it. So at least you're honest, though. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, he performed. Yeah. It says here that Schwarzenegger did perform most of his own stunts and two types of. Let's see, performed his own stunts and two types of swords costing ten thousand dollars each were formed, formed, forged for his character. And if y'all want some replicas, you need to go to Toledo Swords. It's online. It's a Span. It's a Spanish company. They make. You can actually buy battle ready swords and stuff, but they make the most exquisite replicas. You can buy, yes, I've got some jockey lot ones, but <laughs> you know, I've got one that you want real bad. Oh, uh, yes, let's not start that again. Okay, let's not start always, that. This movie always. also has James Earl Jones, the great James Earl Jones, who plays the big baddie Thulsa Doom, who is the high priest, or maybe even set himself, because at one point in the movie, he turns into a giant boa constrictor. Uh, it's got Max von Sydow. If you don't know who Max von Sydow is, he was Jeebus. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it like that. That's very offensive, isn't it? He was Jesus in The Greatest Story Ever Told. He was also in uh, some Flash Gordon stuff. I was going to say, isn't he Ming the Merciless? Yes, exactly. Ming the Merciless. It's got a... Is it Mako or Mako? He's the Mm -hmm. wizard. I've always heard it pronounced Mako. Mako. Like the shark. But if you watch... If you're at all a fan of retro martial arts, you know Mako. He's in Um, a lot of them. Sandal Bergman, Sandal Bergman, and then it's got, and I don't know why it doesn't show it. I can't remember my guy's name, but the guy that plays Thorgrim, he actually plays in, uh, he plays in the second one as well, which we'll we'll get to in a little. But he's in a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of movies. I want to get his name. Hold on, his name is uh, Sven Ole Thorson. He plays Thorgrim in this movie. Okay. He's in a bunch of movies. We were talking about him, I think, the other day with Rob. And and, and, and this movie was very popular in its time. I mean, it a lot yes. of success for its backers. It grossed between it grossed between sixty eight point nine million and seventy nine point one million at the box office around the world against right. its budget of only twenty million. Right now, we say only twenty million, but I mean, look, I mean, that's an you, estimate. You spent you spent an estimate of twenty million dollars to make this movie. But you made yeah. three times the amount back. 
Three and a half. I would, I would say that's a definite success. Yeah. And, it, it goes and nine. the thing is, the revenue fell short of the level that would qualify the film as a blockbuster. It fell right. just shy yeah. of it. Yeah. But it hit, it hit almost $10 million on its, on its opening weekend. It was 400 grand away from $10 million yeah. on its opening weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, there's a couple things that we want to go over real quick that he did during this decade that we're just going to lump together, Travis. Um, okay, yep, yep. A music video by Girl School called yep. Don't Call It Love. He was just on the... It was him. I swear I thought I saw Lee Haney when I got this. I couldn't even find a picture of this. I had to screen cap this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but it, there was just a bunch of them like standing around flexing and doing their thing. And then he was in another one. Um, Stop the Madness, which also had uh, it, it was kind of star studded. It was that was him, he was on a garbage truck, I believe. Yeah, and that was later on, level 85 86. It says, there, Yeah, so but we're gonna lump was, these together, so I mean, yeah, that was his right. little music thing. Um, it had Kareem Abdul Jabbar in it, uh, Kim Fields, David Hasselhoff, Latoya Jackson, Stacey Keach, New Edition, Whitney Houston. It's kind of one of those "We Are the World" top videos. Yeah, yeah. But, but but they weren't singing, right? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, we don't. They we could are have gone the world. singing. Here you go. We're glad that didn't and, uh, happen. I wish that I could. I wish that we had the. Um, I wish I could actually like I had the videos of some of these to show you, but uh, he did some commercials. A lot of ramen commercials back in like i think he did these around between 87 and 91 there he is eating some cup of ramen and uh he did a lot of like uh this was a joint <laughs> i think it was called boy boy <laughs> in that clip right there where i took that he just said jijin boy boy <laughs> like in his voice though they're like jijin boy boy he just looks like he enjoyed it a bit too much yeah it was crazy so yeah a cup of ramen and all that and um yeah, back to girls' school, that's but uh, he did. Yeah, he did a lot of little little doodads. That's actually <laughs> some funny stuff right there. Really, and one of those ramens, the one that I really wanted. He was like in a rowboat. Yeah, and there's like it's like a lake just full of rowboats. People are out here just yeah. rowboating, and then <laughs> I guess he got hungry or something. He just started. Woof, right. woof. So then it showed the boat from far away, and the boat's like standing up in the water. Whoa. With a big old fish, with a big old rooster tail hanging out the back of it, we're on it's like uh, it was. It was pretty hilarious. There's some so, weird commercials there. So one thing I want to do before we go to the next movie mm -hmm. is I want to tell this little quick story about a video. Speaking of wanting to show videos, I would love to show this video clip, uh, but we can't. Uh, from it was uh, not Jimmy Fallon, but the other uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. And Schwarzenegger is on Jimmy Kimmel. And Kimmel was like, I want to ask you a question. He goes, uh, we were just talking about you and Stallone being rivals. Uh, is it true that you tricked him? And he started laughing immediately. <laughs> Both of them did. And he goes, is it true that you, that you tricked him into making a bad movie? And he, goes, <laughs> uh, he says, well, come on, Jimmy. Uh, yeah. Um, what I did was... Um, you know, and then they started talking about how he received his script for Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Mm -hmm. And he goes, and it was complete crap. It was stupid. It was no good. Now, so there's no way I'm doing this. So um, he said, uh, word had got out to uh, Stallone that he might be doing this, this this new blockbuster movie they're putting out there. And so he said, he said Stallone actually called me up. He says, hey, Arnold, I hear that uh, 
you know, you, you might be doing this movie coming out. They say it's going to be something pretty big. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at doing it right now. It's going to be huge. It's going to be a blockbuster. It's going to be a blockbuster. It's going to be great. <laughs> and, you know, and then from that point forward, he said, you know, Stallone went straight to the people and said, look, I don't care what we got to do to make this happen. This is my movie. I'm doing this movie. So that's hilarious. And sure enough, he does it, and it's just like a big flop. Big I don't flop. even care though, because stopping my mama shoot was funny. You know, I watched it uh, when it came out. I did. I watched. It. I'm not going to tell yeah. you that I. I'm not going to tell you I thoroughly enjoyed it because I didn't. No more than I thoroughly enjoyed the movie with him and the little kid in the car with him all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what that was called. I think that was him anyway. Was Stallone, wasn't it? I don't remember that one. Um, a kid in the car all the time. I'll have to. Yeah, some little kid, you know, wanting to be a cop or something. He's just a little young kid, and he's riding around. I don't know. This show ain't about Stallone. This anyway, anyway, that's completely something completely different, right? And it was in the nineties, <laughs> by the way. So, uh, but I want to go to the next movie here, and uh, Travis, you're, yes. you should be able to guess this movie because oh, this movie is and, from, uh, night. So, Conan was made in nineteen eighty four. Two Conan the Barbarian. Two, two, then we get yeah. Conan the Destroyer. This is made in 1984. $18 million budget. Do you I, care to tell the people how much money it made? Million dollars. It grossed $31 million, $42,035 worldwide. A little bit of a disappointment, they said, to what they thought it should have yeah. done. But then again, to be fair, this movie was Tribute a Sorry, this was a, this you know, was a, better, Kenny, you don't know that one. Right. This was a PG movie, not an R movie. So right. not as much to it as it was with the yes, original. Yes, the Conan. first movie is definitely an R movie. There's a there's a lot of boobies. Boobies and more. <laughs> a lot of violence too. A lot, a lot of, of memory glands and blood in yes. the first movie. This one not so much. This one is definitely yeah, it's definitely PG. Although I have to say, as a child, when I watched that, Dagoth scared the crap out of me. The little the wizard. Actually, yeah. Dagoth wasn't what was scary. It was the wizard that turned into the green lizard thing in the mirror hall. Uh-huh. Yeah, that thing kind of scared me a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Now, says well, oh, remember too that I told y'all that Sven Ole Thorson played Thorgrim in Conan the Barbarian. He plays Togra. In this movie, same person, two different characters. Same person, two different characters. Oh, how do you pull that off? I will let me uh, let me show y'all this guy real quick. Y'all will know him. Let me just show him to you real quick on the IMDb website. We're gonna show y'all that right there. Sven Oli Thorson. He has been the bad guy in so many movies that ain't even funny. Like if you look down here, man, Gladiator, Hard Target, Some of All Fears, Running Man. Time Cop, Run Down, Charlie's Angels. I mean, dude, you just keep on going with this guy, the 13th Warrior, the Guardian. So, I was mean, the show's in, not about him, but you know what was, I mean? Like, props. Was he also, was he also in, in On Deadly Ground? On Deadly Ground. What weird, what, 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 about what that time? That would be a 90s, that? a 90s film with Seagal. 90s with Seagal. Uh, I'm not seeing that. He was in Nowhere to Run. That that wasn't Seagal, was no, it? No, no. Yes, he was. He was Otto. He was there Otto. You go. That's it. Okay, I know you're that dude's been in so many movies, man. He, when he, we do it, when we do an episode on Bolo, we got to do we got to do Sven too. And he hardly ever says a word. Right? Yeah, he's just and he was big, dude. He was. He didn't. He w- didn't look 
like Arnold did back then, mm-hmm. but he was every bit as big as Arnold. Like as far as mass is concerned, he was every bit as big. His arms may have been bigger. That dude was huge. Man. He just didn't have the cut. But yeah, then it had who had uh had Grace Jones. Remember, she was uh she was like tied up and fighting, chained up and fighting with yep. her stick. She was a bad A in that one. Mako was back in this one. Um I believe I don't I believe it credits her, but Valeria, which was um help me. Red Sonia, uh she played the queen. She was uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. In, Sandal in, Bergman. Sandal Bergman, Sandal Bergman makes Bergman. a cameo, I think, in this one in like a some kind of um mirage or, or uh, uh, uh hallucination that Conan has. Right. And you mentioned earlier about Dagoth. Uh that's uh and person that did that has an uncredited role in the movie. Ah you're playing that was Andre the Giant. Really? Yes, yes, because that's why he was on the set. That's why you see so many mm-hmm. pictures with Wilt and um I had forgotten that. Yeah, you'd seen right. so he was you never seen him either because he was all in makeup and all. Oh, mm-hmm. so what we completely skipped is this movie <laughs> is a sequel <laughs> to Conan the Barbarian. But now what they have to do is uh Conan and uh, Malik. Malik is his if it's D and D, it's a rogue. It's his thief friend that um, they're tasked with uh, taking uh, Queen Teramis's niece, Princess Jenna, to, and uh, Wilt Chamberlain plays Bombata. I remember his name real good, Bombata. Mm-hmm. They got to take her to the Crystal Palace or whatever to retrieve the Horn of Dagoth that will bring him back. And it's like she has to be sacrificed and all, and then they're going to save her. But it's like, yeah. It's high adventure, man. Eighties fantasy. It don't get no better. Yeah, I, I have more memories of Conan the Destroyer than I do of Conan the Barbarian. I, I, I've seen it. I think since somebody pointed out to me, it's probably because it's been on TV more because it's a PG movie. Right, right. But I, I've seen it way more times than the other. So I got more memory of that than I do the Bar- Conan the Barbarian. And same, you know, when I was um, up until I got the movies and just started watching them over and over again. Conan for me is like Forrest Gump. I watch this movie once a year. Like mm-hmm. no kidding. Conan the Barbarian gets watched every single year for me. Um, <clears throat> Conan the Destroyer, not so much because growing up, like you said, it was on TV all the time. So I've seen it so much that I don't, I, I don't think about really truly watching it as much that, and I don't, I don't like it as much. It's not as, it's not the it's not the story that the Conan the Barbarian is. You know, it's, like I said earlier, that Conan the Barbarian actually really has some serious, in depth story and lessons and and theology going on here. Whereas yeah. Conan the Destroyer is just it's just an it's just a fantasy action film for me. Yeah, it's not really any kind of meat to the story. Well, this is about the time that Schwarzenegger was really starting to get big because now we move on from Conan the Destroyer to Terminator. Bam. So, Arguably his it's definitely one of his biggest. Yeah. I mean, that's the one that really propelled. I mean, Conan kind of put him out there, right? Yeah. But would it be fair to say that Terminator more or less propelled him to start? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because- I think Conan landed in Terminator, and Terminator just shot him into the stratosphere. Yeah. 1984 American science fiction action film directed by James Cameron. 
stars Schwarzenegger as a Terminator, which was a cyborg assassin sent back in time from 2029 to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor, who was played by Linda Hamilton. Mm -hmm. uh, her unborn son at the time will one day apparently save mankind from extinction by the uh, hostile artificial intelligence in a post-apocalyptic future. I believe it was, uh, let's see, Cyberdyne's who made the original thing for Terminator, but it was Skynet was the AI that took over. Right, exactly, yep. So uh, Kyle Reese, who is played by Michael Bain, I think his name is pronounced. Mm -hmm. um, Michael Bean. Is it, is it Bean? It's Bean. I know for sure Bean? because okay. he was Johnny Ringo. Okay. All right, so Michael Bean is a soldier sent back in time to protect Sarah Connor. Mm -hmm. uh, release date of this movie, October 26, 1984. ran 107 minutes long. $6.4 million on a budget for a movie that's got like the Terminator and stuff like that. Isn't it? I mean, <laughs> right. can you believe that? It's got I mean, them walking around like the six, the endoskeletons are crushing skulls. I, it is just $6.4 million, and that was it. I mean, and Red Sony was 17. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand. I don't get what they did to make these two just so, a lot of so cocaine, different. probably. Probably, but in, <laughs> of, the, of the $6.4 million budget, the box office took in $78.3 million. Right. So, uh, in, interesting little tidbit here that I, I found oh, I, was kind of interesting to me. I had forgotten or just didn't know at the time or pay attention. Bill Paxton and Brian Thompson were the two punks at the beginning of the movie yes. that the Terminator confronts and kills. I'm glad you said that. And Thank takes you. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of cool to know. I mean, yeah. Thank you Bill, for saying that because I was definitely going to bring that up because Brian Thompson was also in the movie mm -hmm. that you didn't really i don't did you not remember i don't know if you, if you didn't remember much about it or you just weren't that into it or it was one of stallone's lesser the nighthawks no no it, yeah. no that was that was uh rucker howard cobretti right. he was oh, in cobretti Cobra. yes he that's was, right he was the leader man he was the one who's like i'm gonna get you prick no <laughs> i have seen i've seen cobra it's just yeah, i haven't i've watched it once guy. and then since that time i'd seen bits and pieces of it but I've never, it's not one of the movies that I sat down and watched 10, 15 times. I, I can watch Rocky and Rambo. I remember day. watching it a good, I, I liked it. Because, you know, the age that I was too, I, I really yeah. loved it. And Brian Thompson was also Shao Kahn in uh, Mortal Kombat. Right. So, I mean, that, but that was the one interesting, you know, thing about Terminator I thought was cool. The movie itself led on to several sequels. And it's 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 kind of strange the way the sequels work out. We're not going to really get into it because it goes into the two thousands, but um, you know, up to I think Terminator three. Uh, beyond that, they're saying it's not the same storyline or something. I think it is. Oh. It's supposed to be based on something different altogether. Even though one of them was uh, uh, was a like a prequel. It, yeah, it, it is, in the future you've, got the, you've got the latest one where Linda comes back, and then yeah, so you know, I mean, it's, it's it all gets out there. But the latest one where Linda Hamilton comes back, they're saying was a carryover from the last one she was in. Right, that's supposed to be the true order. It's like Disney canon bullcrap. Yeah, exactly. Works, and how they do you know? stuff like that. It's so, like, I mean, what do you want it to be? It's it's nothing I, to really. I love them all. Yeah, it's nothing to really debate over. It's just an action sci-fi movie that's. Uh, full of action and killing and stuff like that, and, and you want to watch it, so right. I I can't say that well, a lot I of people. I will die are... on this hill. Ju Judgment Day was as good, if not better, than the first one. I'll die yeah. on this hill. Yeah, it, it was good, no doubt, <laughs> no doubt. Um, and 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 I said Terminator Three was still a um, 
a part of the thing in yeah that was rise of the machine that, yeah that's where it went to where skynet took over and everything where okay. everything began but uh i'm not gonna say that um you know this next movie was exactly a career maker for him it, it, it didn't end up being a career breaker either but i mean he had a bit of a, a yeah. little bit part in red sonia because you know back in the time red sonia this is a the female barbarian conan was a barbarian he's not playing conan no he's playing a, a different barbarian's name uh 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 Calador. and then like i said you got sandal bergman in it also. and he was kind of uh he was kind of her love interest a little right kind of a little love interest little boy toy crush whatever yeah. it was but uh sandal bergman from conan was in it she played the evil villainous queen gedron Mm-hmm. Uh, this I movie, remember y'all Sandal Bergman was Valeria in the Conan movies, right? So they could just kind of take they just kind of took people from Conan and made a mixed match new movie that didn't work out. So, right, uh, 1985 epic sword and sorcery film is what they'd uh, label it as, directed by Richard Fleischer and written by Clive Exton and George McDonald Frazier. Red Sonja was theatrically released in the United States July 3rd, 1985, by MGM Entertainment Company. Upon release, the film received generally negative reviews from critics. It only grossed $6.9 million in the United States under a budget of $17.9 million. Yeah. I'm not sure what took $17.9 million of a budget to make. I don't know what to do with that money, dude. They like, grossed less than half. I've seen the movie, too. Like, I watched it coming up. Because, I mean, of course, yeah. you throw... I mean, it's one of those marketing ploys, man. You throw Arnold on the cover, and... Oh, we got an Arnold movie? Oh, and, wait, no, no. People are seeing it going, what, we got another Conan? Another right. Conan? We'll yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, they're coming right off the heels of it. And you got Sandal Bergman in it. So, I mean, you know, you're thinking it's another Conan movie. Yeah, but it didn't work out that way. No, and, and when you watch it, it's... uh Oh, it also has Ernie Reyes Jr. in it, by the way, as Prince Tarn. And Red Sonja? Yes, he was Prince Tarn. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, you it, it it's like it's barely more than a cameo. He's got so, one like little fight scene in it, and like he talks to her a little bit, and then spend the night together, and it's like so they've taken wow. several several people from Conan the Destroyer, shifted them over. Well, Conan the Destroyer and Conan the Barbarian shifted them over right. to Red Sonja and called them all new names. <laughs> yeah. I, they reskinned it in today's term man. and it, this, it, it wasn't a good movie it was it, but it wasn't a bad it was better than sheena the jungle queen or princess or yeah. whatever. <laughs> but you know uh the and of course this movie here uh they talked about making a second red sonia film i don't know if it was a second or just a remake uh robert rodriguez was talking about it in 2008 and he was going to put rose mcgowan as the title character, Red Sonja. I think it could work these days, mm-hmm. you know, and it could have worked back then too, but I feel like it, you know, 17 million, like for real, what did you do with that? Cause like, I've seen the movie, man, there's some horses and like, it wasn't even on the ground. It wasn't even close to the scale that Conan the Barbarian or Destroyer was like, it wasn't even, mm. it, just wasn't it wasn't even that close, you know, with the, Paper mache dragon head like coming in like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um, okay, so but 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 Schwarzenegger being the professional that he is did not let us down because he rebounded very well in 1985. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because he, he made he made what in my opinion, 
in my opinion, the best 80s movie that he had. I know you love Conan, but I'm all about this commando. I know. I don't know. I can't see it being the best 80s, man, because I would put I, I would put I would put Predator above that one. See, I, I like this one more than Predator. Predator is my yeah. second favorite of his to the 80s. Right on. Conan's not even in my top, you know, three of his in the 80s, I don't believe. How dare you? I mean, I, I, and, and Conan's a, a good movie and everything, you know, but I yeah. mean, it's like I, Commando. Different folks, man. I guess, you know, we got Schwarzenegger, we got Radon Chong, you got mm-hmm. Alyssa Milano, Vernon Wells, Bill Duke, Dan Hedaya. Yes, yeah, I mean, you got quite a few names in there. It's star studded. For um, y'all that don't know, Radon Chong was Tommy Chong's daughter. Right. Yes, from Cheech and Chong, that Chong. Right. And everybody knows who Alyssa Milano is. Uh, who's the boss? Charm. Samantha. Samantha, exactly. Samantha. She got some movies of her own she put out there. She got older. Come on. So, released October 4th of 85. It was a commercial Bill success. Bill that is cooked, too. I like Bill yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he, he was in he was in uh, Predator as well. With yeah. It. yeah, we'll get to that in a minute though. But um, commercial success, Commando was the seventh highest grossing R-rated film of '85 worldwide, and the 25th highest grossing overall. It only had a 90 minute runtime, so an hour and a half movie. But really and truly, back then for these types of movies, that was just the perfect runtime. It seemed like. Yeah. We got just yeah, enough time dude. to establish a story, just enough time for a lot, you know, enough action to satisfy the masses. And get a good ending out of it usually. Budget was nine million dollars to make mm-hmm. it. Box yep. office took in fifty-seven and a half million dollars. And yep. one thing I just learned tonight, I was today years old when today I learned that uh, today, today years old, when I realized that Diamond Toy Makers released a line of action figures in 1986. Yes, and we spent a few minutes before the show talking about this. We did. We were looking at them on eBay. It's funny. And they're pretty uh, and, amazing. If I had the money, I'd totally have one on the shelf behind me. I just got I my Tubelman. I got I a Tubelman. I need the commando. Uh, we need a commando. But it says, uh, in an attempt to cash in on the success of G.I. Joe, a real American hero, uh, John Matrix now leads an elite special forces unit, which replaces old deceased unit from the original film called the C-Team, made up of Specs, Blaster, and Chopper against the forces of fear, led by Psycho, who is based on the character of Bennett, and consisting of Leadhead, Stalker, and Sawbones. These are the people you could have bought as characters back then. Uh, there was also a release of an 18-inch tall John Matrix that came with a pistol, an M16, and a grenade. Um, the movie itself basically starts out showing it's where Matrix and his daughter, Matrix has retired from the service. a whole tree on his shoulder. Uh, right, he was at one point. I mean, there that's a pretty impressive right there. Oh, did he just look at it and it, fu- and it fell down? Did he push it over? No, he had a big old chainsaw. He cut it off. He was co- he was toting a whole tree on his shoulder. I mean, and toting like a, a 400 inch husk. No, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> but it was straight up like a 48 inch husk barn. It's like a big old chainsaw he was toting out. Yeah, I mean, tree. we would say it was a log he had, but let's face it, it was bigger than a log. Yeah, dude. This was a tree he was carrying across his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, that was but a whole lot. lot it's just, it's giving you an idea of what the life is like, a day in the life of him with him and his daughter now at the place. He looks like he's retired from there. He's spending time with his daughter, raising her. The things they go and swim in, they're, they're feeding deer, they're having ice cream, mm-hmm. they're doing all this different stuff. She's making him lunch that I don't think he really liked too well, but he pretended he did anyway. Right, right. And um, how cool would it be to have a great old big bad strong you know that's my daddy that's yeah my right daddy. you know that's... did you know did no, you know Alyssa? I didn't. according to Alyssa milano 
that uh, uh, Arnold was real protective of her own set and actually helped her do her algebra homework. I'm impressed that he knew algebra. According to her. He had to. He had to get his green card, man. You got to know some stuff to get your green card. That test ain't no joke. It ain't like the GED test around here. I don't know what good algebra is going to do you on a a green green card test. Oh, you got to, dude, you got to know. Them green card tests, I I know know quite a few immigrants and them green card tests ain't no game, dude. They got to know more about this country than we do. So, like, count your blessings and quit complaining, people. America. America. $4 gas right now. $4 (laughs) gas. $6 in California, thanks to somebody that we know. And it's watered down. I swear it's watered down, man. We ain't getting the gas mileage we were getting either. That's right. But enough complaining on that. Uh, The... uh, Plot, basic plot of the movie: His daughter gets kidnapped. Uh, he he finds out from his previous supervisor, which well, his name is what, Travis? Huh? I was what I was reading. A did you know? I was going to bring up in a minute. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, you totally spaced out. I set I you up. I set you up right away. I what apologize. was the name of Arnold? Uh, I'm sorry. What was the name of John Matrix's commander? His commander, General uh, Franklin. General Kirby. Franklin Kirby. Yeah, Kirby. Kirby. Like the vacuum. Kirby comes to visit him. Kirby Kirby comes to visit him at his house to let him know that people from his old unit are being killed one by one and they're all dead and they feel he's going to be the next target. They want to put some people out there with him just for his protection. So he agrees to let them stay there. And as Kirby flies off in his helicopter, well, they attack right away. So they followed him out there to see where Matrix was and they start attacking right away. They take his daughter from him, kidnap her, and they eventually get him. And when he comes to, he realizes they've taken him because they want him to kill this president that's friends with him because he can get close to him so this other guy can get back in office, I guess, is what it is. Yes. Uh, so one good thing goes to another. This 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 has some of the best 80s action one-liners of all the movies out there. I mean, <laughs> let off some steam, Bennett. Was He's right. Uh, you know. <laughs> I thought you, I thought you were gonna kill me last. <laughs> I lied. I thought you were gonna kill me last. I lied. Was not. Where I let him go. Was Kirby not? I'm just. I'm. You said I was spacing out a while ago, but was Kirby not the name of another general or major or something it in another made, action movie from the eighties? I, I I don't know for sure, but the, in, I'm gonna cross reference this. He's listed. In the movie, as something like um, something General Franklin Kirby. Yeah, I know he's Kirby, but I, I swear that that's like there's more Kirby's. Uh, I'm really, I'm really not sure of any other movies there would be a Kirby in charge or something like that. Uh, but uh, the, um, the 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 movie, if if you you may not have ever noticed this, at the end of the movie when he's at the house of the guy who's holding his daughter. Mm-hmm. It's the same house and setup as the one from Beverly Hills Cop, where they, go to, where they go to Victor Maitland's house and uh, really? Foley and um, the other two are trying to get in. It's the exact same house area. He goes across the yard. Go back and watch him and oh, look. Me. See him. See him going across the yard with his machine gun, to, you know, taking people down. Uh, then go back and look at Beverly Hills Cop and see them running across that same yard, jumping over the the little concrete railway or something and. All that stuff. It's the same place. Hey, I'm telling yeah. you. Same place. I'm, 
By the way, I did search it up real quick. I was thinking of Kirby Keeger from St. Elmo's Fire, which was Amelia West of his. My bad. Okay. See, <laughs> nothing, nowhere my, near. My, uh, my search engine goes wild sometimes, man. You know, no. my ADD kicks in, bro. Oh, I don't know. I I think that's your drink talking you got with you right there. Shh. Oh, shh. <laughs> it's, it's tea. I mean, lemonade or peach mm. or I don't know. It's, it's peach drink. It's peach. It's called a smoky peach. Peach drink. It's a smoky peach. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's got uh, some good stuff in it. Needless to say, uh, we have uh, Arnold and some of his best one-liners, like I said, of all through the 80s in this. Yes. So it's something else. So, uh, moving right along. Moving right along to we got, number uh, nine. Raw Deal. Raw Deal. Now, do you remember a lot about this movie? Did you do you remember a lot about it at all? Did you like it? No, as a I kid mean, coming up, I, I didn't yeah. think it. I thought it was personally, and I haven't seen, I haven't seen the Jane Mansfield story, right? <laughs> but me personally, I thought this was his worst movie of the eighties, and, and it, it could be this was my other pick as being his worst, other than Jane Mansfield. If we didn't count that one. Yeah, uh, so this was going to be like, my a, least favorite. Of he's age. a dishonorably retired. I guess he's called dishonorably discharged. He's he's retired. Uh, they forced him to. He didn't want to for uh, grounds of excessive brutality. And uh, and he goes on to be a sheriff. All that. Uh, yeah, he goes town. on to be a sheriff. Uh, he has to infiltrate uh, Luigi Pavarotti's powerful mob family to tear it apart while forcing his way through a crime organization. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I, other than reading y'all some generic stuff, I really don't know what else to say. I watched I, this when I was a kid, and I just did. I wasn't impressed. It wasn't. It wasn't my favorite. He slicked back his hair. It. It, it just. I have got. I mean, I love Arnold. I've but, got the information on this for you. I've got what you want to yeah. hear. Yeah. Sorry, but I do know. I do know. I do know that the budget was eighty-five million. Uh, it was eight million five hundred thousand, so eight and a half million estimated, and it doubled its money, so sixteen. So it became a success as far as making money goes, but it didn't really go to any lengths of being a blockbuster by any means. Right, it wasn't even, it wasn't even close to it. It just was, you know, moderate in its return. Yes, but some things that people may or may not know about this. So it did have Robert Davi in it, though. Did it? Yes. I don't remember who all was in it other than him because I really didn't like it that much when I watched it. I did see it, like I said, yeah. but I didn't. didn't Robert Davi was the clean-cut Fratelli brother off of the Goonies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, this film was originally produced so that Dino De Laurentiis could inject some quick cash into his long gestating project of Total Recall. He had been planning Total Recall for a while. He's the one that did the Conan movies with Schwarzenegger. Right. So, um, once again, to inject some cash into his long gestating project, Total Recall, a film for which De Laurentiis had owned the rights to, and one in which Schwarzenegger would later take the leading role. Partly due to the poor box office performance of Raw Deal, however, mm-hmm. De Laurentiis would eventually file for bankruptcy, and the rights to Total Recall were sold to Carol Co. Pictures. At the time, Schwarzenegger was still under contract with De Laurentiis for a number of Conan the Barbarian sequels. So, other than Destroyer, 
you were going to get two or three more movies of Conan if you were a Conan fan. Right. But in order, to, in, in, in order to dissolve this multi-picture agreement that Conan didn't, uh, Conan, that Schwarzenegger didn't want to be a part of anymore, he agreed to star in Raw Deal. Right. So this completely got rid of his obligation to play more Conan, uh, got him out of that, and opened things up for him for Total Recall because he was really interested in Total Recall. Now, if uh, it had gone the way the original was supposed to, De Laurentiis would have still had it. He would have made it. He felt Schwarzenegger wasn't right for the leading role, and he had actually already got Patrick Swayze to agree to play the lead role in Total Recall. Mm-hmm. So that would have been kind of interesting, I guess, in its own. To see I what, think it would have. It would have, been, what, uh, would have been strange to me. Just, uh, well, see, it would have been strange to us. It, it would have been, been a strange. really different Quaid, for sure. Right, but it's only strange to us now, though, because we know how it was played by Schwarzenegger. Right. It's, it, it's like going back and recasting movies. When you go back and you recast a movie, you're thinking, like, um, can could this person really have played this role? Because I'm used to seeing this guy do it. Could mm-hmm. this person really have pulled this off? I don't know. We'll never know because we never saw it. But it's, you know, we're, we we know what we've seen and we like what we've seen and we want to just leave it at that. You know, how it is usually. We don't want to picture anybody else doing it. But, Swayze, you know, Swayze had his own way about things. He, he might have right. made this actually pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah, it still would have been good. I'm, I'm sure it still would have been good. Oh, it wouldn't have been what we're, like you said, you know, we wouldn't, we just can't. You have a hard time rebooting your brain into thinking about something different. But, right. Yeah. Right. No doubt. No doubt. So, uh, well, let's see, Travis. We've got. I don't think it definitely uh, would have been as big of a movie as it was, though, if it had well, Swayze in it. But we don't know. We can't say because Swayze was a big pull at the time, too. He was still, he was making pretty good. Man, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to deny. It. I don't think it would have done as well, though. I'm just going to leave it at that. Fine, you just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> next up, next up, we got 1987's The Running Man. Running Man. This is based off of a Stephen King novel. I don't know if yes. you know that or not. Yes. And just like every other Stephen King novel. But. He didn't do it, right? But. but 1982 was written under his um, alter ego or his, whatever you call that. Uh, name. It's called a pseudo name. Pseudo name. Well, Richard Bachman. Richard Bachman. So, but regardless of whether or not they did the Stephen King movie right or wrong, like they, well, wrong like they always do it was still an awesome movie uh it's set in 2019 which is just a few years ago this happened <laughs> <laughs> well the 2019 or set in 2017 i thought it was set in 2017 uh, it might have been 2017 it was 2017 or 2019 it's somewhere 20, here there. we go i got it right here uh but it says by 2017 the united states has become a totalitarian police state following a worldwide yeah. economic collapse the economy had collapsed which is about where we're at almost here these days if you think about it the yeah. government pacifies the populace through violent TV shows, its most popular being The Running Man, a broadcast game show where criminals fight for their lives as runners fleeing from armed mercenaries named the Stalkers to earn a government pardon. Right. And then so, you got a small resistance force led by two revolutionaries. And they like are fighting the oppression and they somehow get him involved. Right. Well, what happens is, is basically he plays the character of Ben Richards. They uh-huh. called him the Bakersfield Butcher, I believe. He was framed for a massacre right. at, at, at a food depot or something. Like he was flying a helicopter, and they're saying he fired on innocent civilians or whatever and killed him, I believe. So he gets eight, 
Oh, how how long does he get here? Eighteen, I want to say. Let's see. Uh, I didn't get that number written down, but he gets arrested and put in a work oh, camp. Right. Uh, he he escapes with two resistance fighters, but eventually they I get know. caught at the airport because the woman they're with, which was played by Maria Conchita Alonso, or how do you say her name? Conchita. Conchita Alonso. Um, she was Maria. the one who had got him turned in, basically. Right. Because uh, she thought they were really as bad as they portrayed him to be. She didn't know he was actually framed as he said he was. Yes. Um, so anyway, uh, she eventually figures out things are going wrong, and she gets thrown into the mix with him as well there. And uh, so Ben Richards, played by Schwarzenegger, and the two resistance fighters that he's with uh, get thrown into the mix as well in The Running Man, and they're basically you know, being stalked by the the stalkers. The, people, the stalkers. Uh, Jesse Ventura plays one of the stars. Jim Brown was Starball. Jim Brown, Jesse Ventura. So after that great synopsis that uh, Chris just laid down, that like the awesome thing about this movie is it's like it's so it's back then it was futuristic, uh, but the outlandish characters like Dynamo. Dynamo's got like all these lights blinking and he sings opera. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why shoot electricity or something, dude? (laughs) Yeah, like why. Then you got Sub Zero and Buzzsaw and Dagum. There's like there's all these weird characters. I mean, Buzzsaw is believable because he's got a chainsaw, right? Yes. Uh, Fireball is believable. He's a flamethrower. Yeah, flamethrowers. Flamethrower type stuff. Um, I don't remember. Sub Zero was all right. What did he do? I forget. He had like liquid nitrogen or something. That what it was. Okay. Yeah. Like Mister Freeze. Chill. (laughs) Chill. But the yeah. whole thing with Dynamo, I thought that was dumb. Yeah, and that was terrible. And he was supposed to be, if I'm not mistaken, he was like the, the supposed to be the strongest one or something. Like he was like the last one to come out. It seemed, I think. I, I don't know if that was the case or not. I know that uh, Jesse Ventura played the retired one. It was Captain Captain Freedom. Captain Freedom. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they end up bringing him in at one point. Uh, oh. Actually, actually, they don't bring him in because he refuses to do it. But they right. make a a short film type thing that looks like him killing yeah. somebody that looks like uh, Ben Richards, when it's actually somebody else. They put a face over them to make it look like him. Right. And Sven Ole Thorson is in this as well. And this is as well. Sven. So, I mean, it's it was a good movie. It was a fun movie to watch. I liked it. It, I didn't make, it. it did not make a ton of money like you might think it would have. But, I mean, no. it, well, I mean, let me rephrase that. It didn't make a ton of money compared to you know what it took to make it and to go on from there because it yeah, was a 27 it made about 11 million yeah a 27 million dollar budget made 38 million dollars or gross 38 million dollars right so i mean you know it he's he's done worse but you know you would think that movie would have done a lot better in my opinion uh but moving on along from there we got let's see we got one we got three more to hit real quick this yeah. one's going this one's going to take a couple of minutes cuz just like um Commando, it's the second best movie he had during that decade. Arguably. Predator. You got to disclaim, disclaim that with arguably, man. I mean, I, I can't you do that. Because it's what bro. I believe. It's what I believe. <laughs> I gotta got to stick with what I believe. believe. This movie was directed Yo, by John McTiernan. Wait, this is the second best of the 80s. Yes, I would say it's the second best of the 80s. Right. But it's got a lot of good names in it, though. So it was a good it movie. Does. Good movie. Um, the uh, predator, oh, yeah. the predator itself, 
we touched on this in another podcast before, was originally played, going to be played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Uh, he complained the suit was too hot. He didn't like being in it. It's caused him to pass out. Oh, they dear. also said that when you looked on screen. Oh, diva. Uh, yeah, she's a little diva. Guess but, they said, but they said that whenever he did this thing, though, that uh, when they, they put him on camera up against like the likes of uh, Schwarzenegger and Ventura, who were both over six feet tall, mm-hmm. that he was not very menacing as a five foot nine alien. I would think so. But guess who else is in this movie? Uh, ben Ole Thornson. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> At all, it don't surprise me at all. I mean, Carl Weathers was a big dude too, though. Let's be like Carl Weathers was pretty, pretty big. Good He's yeah. Pretty good oh, Billy, who was Billy? Uh, uh, Sonny, Sonny Landum. Sonny Landum. He wasn't no little fella. Sonny Landum. You had Bill Duke was in this one as well. Yeah, Bill was a big dude. Mac uh, was awesome. Yeah. Uh, then you had uh, I got this names down here. Hold on. You had Richard Chaves. Richard, was Anna. Richard Chavez. Chavez, Chavez. Did I say Chaves just now? Do what? Did I say, did I say Chaves? Yes. Did I, did I call him Chaves? Yes, I'm like, Chavez, what is wrong with you? Now you can do it. Now you are not allowed to have Smoky Peach any other podcast after this. You are not allowed anymore. Oh, this one's good. Oh, you know who else I had in it too, though? Who? I am Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime was on. I am Peter Cullen. He did the voices. He did all the sounds and clicks and stuff for the Predator. Yes, he did. All the the noises for the Predator. He did. Actually, you are correct. I don't know how good my Peter Cullen was just now, but it was not up to. It was not up to par from your original promo. (laughs) Let me get my mic over. Hello. You know, it's not going to work tonight. I mean, you you have it. You have a very good promo for us. You did with him, is that? And uh, you're not quite the part. And you're close, though. You know, you're close. Wow. But anyway, uh, this movie, great. We're just going to say great movie. Is what we're going to say. We're not yep. going to say second, third best, one bed, whatever. Alien great comes movie. Down, starts killing people. Well, <laughs> basically, though, Skin we're going to start off as to why they got there. So basically, uh, uh, Arnold, as the leader of an elite paramilitary rescue team on a mission to save hostages in guerrilla-held territory in a Central American rainforest, right. who encounters a deadly predator, played by Kevin Peter Hall, who did Harry and Anderson. Oh, we're leaving out the part that they was duped. Well, we're getting there, though. Okay. A technologically advanced alien who stalks and hunts them down. The budget was around $15 million. 20th Century Fox released the film June 12th of 87, and it grossed $98.3 million. Following the release of a Rocky Four, uh, I mean, well, not a Rocky Four. Following the release of Rocky Four, a joke circulated in Hollywood that since Rocky Balboa had run out of earthly opponents, he'd have to fight an alien in his in, in his fifth film to be made. Screenwriters Jim and John Thomas took the inspiration from the joke and wrote a screenplay based on it. So uh, to move further down, I'm not going to talk about Van Damme again. We didn't talk about him. Yeah, about being in it. Um, uh, but it says here, maybe the monster should be too high. Additionally, while you're catching up, did you know that Jesse Ventura was delighted 
to find out that his from the wardrobe department that his arms were one inch bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Yes, and that was like that was actually a contest on set with him sometimes. Yes, too. he suggested to Schwarzenegger that they measure arms with the winner getting a bottle of champagne, but Ventura lost because Arnold told the wardrobe department to tell Ventura his arms were bigger. They weren't. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't. Uh, did you know that the glowing blood? from the predator was made from the green liquid from glow sticks and it was mixed with it says here quote unquote personal lubricant for texture yeah Mm, so i I guess that's what they astro glow (laughs) (laughs) oh my god we were getting so off track this is funny but they we were mentioning earlier how they got duped when they get there they realize it's not about them going to take out what they're taking out they're going in behind three green berets who were sent in to get this at first and mm-hmm. were never heard from again right they get there and they find the bodies uh they found they were killed they don't know why so they go and they take care of this area and they get there to get info that dylan wanted right basically what they were there for so they weren't there for what they thought originally and what this was another one of those movies with some one-liners in it not quite as good as commando but you know schwarzenegger um sticking some guy to a tree or something like that said stick around yeah uh little funny things here and there are you one ugly in the (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that too uh the uh I think everybody in his unit, but him, dies. Everybody. 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 Originally, it was everybody. just made. It was just written originally that it was just him versus the alien. Billy went out um, like a ball stove. Billy went out hardcore. He, he was standing on the daggum tree limb that was like laying over the uh, the river or whatever. He like he cut himself across the chest and was like, "Bring like yeah, right." He was waiting on him. Awesome. But but once again, this was originally written just to be Arnold versus the alien only. And he told him no, that he thought it'd be better if they had a unit of experts along mm-hmm. with him. And yeah. that and that this this beast to make him more, you know, uh, uh, unforgettable or stronger or to look better. They took out the entire units and everything with all right. the edges and got stuff too. Just yeah, because you go, you go through and show how awesome and how bad a everybody else is. And then for Dutch to do that by itself after it's taken mm-hmm. out. Like it took out Billy with no problem. It took right. out Matt with no problem. And like it, it was also it was also show, it was also showcasing how strong the predator was taking out all these people before right. and, and his entire unit plus you know plus Max. Yeah, well. and for those of y'all that's been living under a rock for your whole life and haven't ever seen this movie, like it, it ain't like Arnie just runs in, it ain't like Dutch that just runs in and beats his head in. It's no. like you know what I mean? Like he picks he picks on him up one hand, throws him around. Like he ain't he is no physical match for the predator at all. No, that's correct. And it's and once again, great, great movie. Uh as far as money goes, I think this is probably the second or third highest grossing he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that uh twins we'll get to in just a minute. Made a lot of money. Yeah, well, uh, this one is ninety-eight, a little over ninety-eight million worldwide. Right, so he, that's what I'm, he had that's almost a hundred million dollars with this one. So well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's either the second or third highest grossing of all the ones he's done. Uh, next movie in the future too. What was that? Was that 
in the future as well, or just movies from the eighties? No, I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about from the eighties that he did in the eighties. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. No, definitely not all time. No, okay. definitely not. There's no way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, True Lies alone probably beat every movie he had in the '80s easily. True, true. Um, so, but anyway, Red Heat. But anyway, uh, Red up, Heat with uh, Mr. Jim Belusha. Jim Belusha. Uh, you know, I always liked him in a lot of his movies he's had. Uh, Jim's funny. This movie was supposed to be like the buddy cop movie of mm-hmm. the '80s. You know, you've had Tango and Cash. You've had Lethal Weapon. You know, I mean, they were trying to you know capitalize on this kind of a thing. And the person that made this movie had been wanting to work with Schwarzenegger for a while. Uh, he didn't want him to be someone who's wanting to defect over to America. He's going to be like a true Russian cop. He does what he's there for and he goes back home and he owns it. You know, he doesn't right. He doesn't say, no, this isn't me or anything. But basically, um, the film stars Schwarzenegger as Moscow militia captain Ivan Danko and Jim Belushi as Chicago police detective Art Ridzik. And find themselves in the same case. Danko and Ridzik work as partners to catch a cunning and deadly Georgian drug kingpin, Victor Rostovili, played by Edo Ross, who killed Danko's previous partner in the Soviet Union, which is what brought him over to the States to help track him down. Uh, box office-wise, only made $34.9 million. Right. But the um, budget was on like 28 or something. Like it only yeah, made like $5 million. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of money. It opened up in the top spot in the box office, they said, but... Twins, which we'll talk about next, uh, far outpaced uh, yeah. this one when it first came out. It's had some good folks in it, too, though. Like, uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince, um, he's this guy, if you were to see him, you would know him. He's, he's ball-headed. He's kind of bit, kind of chubby. He usually plays either a mentally disabled person or some weirdo bad guy in movies. Yeah. Um, he's got one crawl. He's got the one walleye that looks <laughs> on this way. Y'all would know him if you've seen him. Pruitt, Pruitt Taylor Vince. He was in a great movie. Um Dang it! I was going to tell you what it was, and now I can't remember it. But he was in a um, in a motel where they were looking for a killer and stuff. But look him up, Pruitt Taylor Vince. Great day. Right. Oh, it had uh, it had Lawrence Fishburne, Peter Doyle, Eddie Ross, Gina Gershon. Love Gina Gershon. Yeah. Gretchen Palmer. So had a bunch of people in it. Just um, I remember this movie, and this is it kind of like uh, 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 Raw Deal, just. It it was one of those where they were kind of hand in hand of which one you liked the least of the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I was to take one over the other, I would take I would take Red Heat over Raw Deal. I would too. Just, just for the sure. humor factor with Belushi in it. I mean, I would right. still take that. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you know, it was what it was. It is what it is. Was what it was. Have you want to say it? I mean, it wasn't his best, but it wasn't his worst either. Right. Uh, topping out the eighties, though, the last movie he did of the decade. Yeah, twins. Now everybody says you know Arnold in comedy just doesn't mesh well. I uh, beg to differ. Arnold does some pretty decent comedy. The, the, look, Stallone can't do comedy. No, he can say some funny little one-liners, okay, but he's not a comedian by any means. Now Schwarzenegger is no comedian, but he can pull off some comedy. Hey, he can pull off some comedy, man. Kindergarten uh, Cop, Twins. Yeah, and then Junior. Twins. Oh, people hate on Junior, man. Junior was hilarious. That's yeah. show, that's for another show, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I I never watched Junior. What? Oh, you got to no, check Junior out, man. It's so funny. Have to, it's got Devito in it though. too. Does it really? Yeah, him, Devito, and Emma Thompson. I didn't know Devito was in that one as well. See, I never yeah. watched it, so yeah, it's great. I something. Uh, but this one here, of course, Devito's in this one with him. It's a film developed, uh, produced, and directed by Ivan Reitman, 
about unlikely fraternal twin brothers, Schwarzenegger and DeVito. They were created in birth. Tube, though. They weren't just fraternal twins. Well, they, they list them as fraternal twin brothers because originally the whole thing was an experiment of they well, took, well, they said it was six great men. They took the DNA yeah. of six great men and they were putting this together and, and I guess injecting all this into somebody who could give birth to the baby. What they didn't foresee, though, right. however, was the egg splitting and becoming twins. Right. And in this case, it was not identical twins. They were fraternal twins. And uh, they... <laughs> and as <laughs> Danny says, you mean I'm all the leftover? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Uh, commercial success <laughs> grossing $216 million worldwide. Instead right. of taking their usual salaries like for the film, though... $15 million budget? I think so. It may have been. Estimated $15 million, I believe. May have been. I know that it says here Schwarzenegger, DeVito, and Reitman agreed with the studio to take 40% of the film's box office yeah, returns as payment. <laughs> they made a clip off of that one. So that was probably their smartest move in, a, my money, in a, their, their career. Uh, it says on the twins' 35th birthday, as far as the plot goes, Julius, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger, takes off to L.A. to find Vincent, which is played by DeVito. Uh, when he first gets there, he finds he's in jail, so he has to bail him out. And as he's trying to explain to him what he's doing, following back to his place, there's some uh, loan shark people waiting there for DeVito's character because he owes him money. So uh, Julius uh, turns around and beats him up too and tells him to lay off his brother. And uh, they go off together because he feels you know protected by him, DeVito does. Uh, ultimately, they go on a trip to go find their mother that they believe was dead. They were told was dead, but originally she is actually living, not dead. Uh, DeVito's character actually has no desire to find her. He feels like she dumped him off as a kid and wanted nothing to do with him. But he does take the same trip as they do because before they decide to go, he steals a car that he was going to sell to a chop shop to pay off some debts to the loan sharks he owed. And finds in the back seat there is a prototype of some sort that is supposed to be delivered by this man, and five million dollars is to be paid to him. So he's assuming the identity of the guy to go sell this over. Um, you know, long story short, they end up meeting their mother. Uh, a lot of hilarity ensues going across country with this, with him trying to deliver this piece and not telling them what's going on. Kelly Preston was also in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, she played the uh, love interest, I think, to Schwarzenegger. Yes. She was uh, the sister Marley, I believe her name was, in the movie. I love that movie. I love yeah. the very beginning of it, where he leaves the island and he's on the plane. He's like, yes. they got the papers in the trash. Yeah. He still thinks 50s are big music. Was, was big music at the time. Yeah. That's all he's listening to. That's all they play for him and stuff like that. But it's, it's crazy. It was a good movie. Um. It's it's his funniest movie, I think, that he did. And I liked Kindergarten Cop, but I, I thought this was a bit funnier than Kindergarten Cop and better at the comedy. I don't know what I would pick as his funniest movie, man, because they were all hilarious, man. Golly bomb. Like the well, ones I, that he did that were supposed to be funny. Like even, look, the last action hero, when he snatched a dude out of the car in the rain, he was like, rubber baby buggy bumpers. Did you know <laughs> I was going to say that? Like that had me dying. See, and I never was big on Last Action Hero. I watched it. I loved it. I wasn't real big on it though. Arnold can't do much wrong except for calling me a fuck, calling me a jerk for uh, yeah. not wearing my mask. That's about the only thing he can do. Look, <laughs> you're a chump, a Jim Brony, if you don't get the the shot. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. a little wild these days, but 
All well, right. he's he's he very too much wrong for me. He's bro. very opinionated these days because he's more into politics than he is into Hollywood. Well, really and truly, Hollywood yeah. is politics these days. True. So, but Every, said, everybody ought to take Dolly Parton's stance on that. that and what, Dolly Dolly Parton Parton what, what does Dolly Parton say? Dolly Parton says I'm an entertainer, so I shut the hell up. Her exact inter- words. She just entertained. H-E double hockey sticks and everything, son. Uh-huh. She said they don't. They don't matter what my opinion is when it comes to politics. I shut up. <laughs> she well, said. the way a lot of people look at it, and we we, we definitely won't go deeper in this. Yeah. The, the way people look at it is, we want them to entertain us, not tell us how to live our lives. So that's that's right. all that's all we ask for. But for me, and and I know we're getting close. With like that was our last movie from the eighties. That was it. I was gonna say that pretty much wraps that's all up. Eighties people. Aside from all the stuff that he was still doing bodybuilding and he was still setting up for fitness and he was still pushing with Joe Weider and Muscle and Fitness Magazine and all the other all the other stuff that he was doing. Because believe he was involved in a lot more than what we covered. But for me, like, like we said at the beginning of the episode, this is a very special episode for me because like legit Arnold is one of my, if, you know, a hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. But if there's people that I look up to. Arnold Schwarzenegger is definitely one of them. Started out as a skinny kid in Austria, you know, picking up muscle and fitness magazines and then, you know, going to the bodybuilding competitions and saying one day that's going to be me. And then hooking up with Joe Weider and and coming over here to America and doing this thing and, and all the stuff that he's done. And uh, he started um, um, Arnold's Fitness for Kids and he headed up a thing started by, uh, I don't think it was Reagan. I don't think he started it till the 90s. But it was something for fitness, fitness for kids across America or something. And uh, he actually handed that off to Dwayne Johnson. And uh, I don't think it's a thing anymore. I think it may have dissolved somehow. But I remember that being a thing that you could be involved in when I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, there's just everything that this dude's done. Um, if you look up any of his motivational speeches, the stuff he says, you know, about outworking people. That's what, you know, that's what my wife and I do in our lives. You know, we come from we come from the ditches and from the mud and we've worked and outworked the people around us to to accumulate the things we have and live the life that we do. And just, you know, what what more of an American dream story could you tell than Arnold Schwarzenegger? He married a Kennedy. He became a governor. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, dude, Arnold is the man and he never sleeps. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what. That's what this thing is, you know. If if you need to real life five hours of sleep a night, you need to learn how to get more sleep in less hours, you know. He's a real life terminator. He don't need to sleep. That's it. That's it. I just wanted to throw that out there, just to gush a minute, because like this man is more than movies and being a governor and saying silly things on Twitter these days. Like he, there's his work ethic is unparalleled, and the things that he's done that you don't know about that we're not, that we haven't discussed is, is mind boggling for real. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I yeah, you got the we, we have finally given you what you wanted. We have done the Arnold of the eighties. Yeah. Now, I don't know how long it's going to be for him to keep pressing me to do Arnold of the nineties. We'll see how long it takes him to get that. We're gonna do Arnold and and uh, we're gonna do it like the King of the Squints and the Queen. King of the <laughs> we'll do Arnold and uh, Sylvester together. What what we'll do later on another time is we will take the two and we'll we'll compare the two's careers between the eighties and nineties combined. Heck yeah! 
because I mean, both of them had great action stars. I mean, we've we've got I, we could name off so many others. You know what I mean? Right. They were great action stars too. You know, right? Uh, Chuck for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Bruce Lee, Dagum. Which would you consider him martial arts or action? You know what I mean? I, I mean martial well, arts. Bruce Lee's got to be martial arts. But I you mean. know, you got Dolph Lundgren and uh, Michael Dukakis, and you know, just Michael Dukakis. Did I say that wrong again? Michael Dukakis? Wait a minute, that was a dude off of Days of Our Lives, wasn't it? No, Michael Dukakis was a politician, I believe. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Michael Dudikoff? Michael Dudikoff. Dudikoff. You get no more peach drinks from this point forward. You can't even get the names right. <laughs> but I didn't want to. We can't be, uh, we can't oh be like giving free. Oh, we'll never. Look, if you know, you know. Look, we'll never get Michael Dudikoff on the show now. Oh, uh, heck yeah. He's coming I'll, on, man, because I'm a part of it. I'll reach out to him. <laughs> I'll reach out to him. He'll go, I'm sorry. You're, you're Michael looking, I think you're looking he for Michael Dukakis. He's a. <gasps> yeah, he was like in Michael Duk- Russia. Michael, du- <laughs> Michael Dukakis is down the road, okay? That's who you're looking for. I'm Dudikoff. I'm an American ninja, okay? I'm an avenging okay. force. But you know, hey, he's gonna forgive me. That's what's gonna happen. He's but, gonna have to because if he don't, I'm gonna drive to South Carolina and put a smack down. But but no, they're gonna love me. But like we said though, we got the two biggest action heroes ever, man. That's right. Nobody touches uh, those two. And it's a debate on which one of those two's like people will go back and forth forever on that. I, I, I don't Batman. Their mama's probably still got the same their mama's even probably got the same name. I bet their mama's both named Martha. <laughs> I don't put one. <laughs> I don't put one over the other. Uh, I like I like both their stuff, so it's hard for me to pick one over the other one. Truly, uh, but they're very competitive in the eighties and nineties, and they both had a reason to be competitive. They had both had great stuff. One really set to the other, and today they're better. You know, they're better friends than they are rivals. So, oh yeah, hundred percent, which is good to know. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get ready to rewind this on down here. We're sick at a, what, about an hour 15 right now. About we, that. You know what we did? We gave Arnold 15 more minutes than we gave Sly. Let's see. Or, no, I, I take it back. We gave him about eight more minutes. It was about, but about did we, though? Seven. But did we, though? Because we, we talked about Sly a little bit there. And then we talked about but, Sven Ole. A pretty okay. There. You know what? You make a good point. We did, we did give him a little bit of airtime on this one, too. Yeah. Well, well, it'll be okay. So uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get back to where we started off at the beginning. We're going to talk about social media again, but I'm going to play a little yes. clip for you to watch this point. And uh, just uh, feel bear with us for a moment and take a look at this. You know, social media is a very important thing these days. It's the way that you keep up with us and the way that we hear from you. So if you would, take a moment and follow us. We're located at TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at our name, Retro Life for You. That's R-E-T-R-O-L-I-F-E, the number 4-Y-O-U. You can also reach us via email at retrolifeforyou at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe and follow and share us with your friends. And hey, while you're at it, do us a huge favor and leave us a great five-star review and a rating. It helps in ranking the podcast and, most importantly, lets us know how we're doing for you. Oh, uh-huh. Busted. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> we caught you. 
Because you, the reason why you can't say a name right, we busted you. Um, so what once again, as it just said, you just said retro life for you, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Check us out on there, drop us a line on there, talk to us, participate in some of our surveys and stuff. We do have, which I don't have a way of putting this out here in video or anything right now, but we do have right now for anybody who follows us and listens to us. Uh, if you want to purchase some 80s tees t shirts at 80s tees.com, uh huh, uh, that are 80s based on movies like Top Gun, uh, Karate Kid, which they're about to lose their Karate Kid license in March. So they got some, get it, get they it got now. some dope t shirts too. For oh, real. they got great anything superheroes, too. What's that? <laughs> We got recipes too. They have no recipes, no recipes. They got plenty of teas. Oh, I and, got uh, and and you will <laughs> like what they got. The the material is something great. I got that one of the Karate Kid shirts, my well, but it's the All Valley Tournament shirt. I've had it for about six months now, and uh, it still wears great. The yeah, fabric is heavy, good. thick cotton. Have, yeah, they're well, very well made shirts. Yeah, uh, we have. A, but anyway, if you want to buy from there, we have a thirty percent off uh code for you to use which is retro life r-e-t-r-o-l-i-f-e retro life when you get to the end of your screen and you're going to make your payment put in retro life as the code it will take 30 percent off your total anything over 50 dollars is free shipping i believe it says and uh, like i said great stuff if you buy some there let them know that chris and travis oh, retro life right. sent you there like there's so many shirts there's like literally thousands of shirts uh, and he's not kidding. It's no. well, well, well over, <laughs> well, well over a thousand. So yes. That being like said, uh, keep an eye out on us in uh, social media this week for our preview for next week's episode, and you'll see what that is. It's going to be fun. It's another interview we got coming out. You won't be disappointed. It was very great. For it, we'll tell you all about it there. So Travis, in the meantime, we're gone for the night. We'll see you next show. Absolutely. All right.